that is go, apparently, so we're live. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the AFFI podcast. This is episode, Luke slash Timmy, do we know what episode we're on? Season I always forget two. every time. We're, we're in season two. two. This is, so this would be, is this season two, episode two? It's like Stranger Things. Uh, episode three. Season two, episode three. I, I swear, this is like a, a We shtick. did a ledge update. We did... Uh, Worker rights. Worker's right. This is so three. season two, episode three. We're a little behind right now, but we have a lot going on, and we'll kind of cover that here we'll in a second. We'll but cover it and, and go we're a little it. behind on our episodes, but right. we realized our competitors do not put out nearly as many episodes as us, so we can kind of California. We can correct. Does our, do you know about our pseudo fight with the state of California? We'll get into that. We tried I've to heard. pick a fight, and they they don't want anything to do with it. They just swat us away like the mosquitoes no that we are. They don't want us. We have baited them online, and California just will not answer. I think it's straight up fear. I think they're afraid of us. I think in a fight between us and them, we would lose terribly. However, we would just I, – I don't – I don't – we would make it look good. I'll put it to you that way. So we'll see. Why do you think we would lose to them in a straight up fight? Because right. it's just like it's Calif- – they're just – I mean, you know, you were. They're, I don't. They're on the beach. They're working out all the we're, time. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? We got local twos. Yeah, line, we're though. we're rough and tough. We're like <laughs> Chicago. Like I, right. I don't know about that. I'm. I don't know. I think we more can like them. we would suffer an ortho injury falling off a bar stool or something. One of those. True story. True story. <laughs> so, all right, we've got a couple of updates before we get into our main topic. And I think the convention was something we wanted to talk about, right? So, what's the dealio with convention? Go ahead, Luke. All right. So our biennial AFI convention, this is the 43rd. We had to correct the number because we did, in recent research, figure out that there was not a convention during World War II. Oh, no kidding. So uh, we're repeating that number again. And it works out because our last convention was all virtual due to COVID. So we're looking forward to getting back together with everybody in person. It'll be June 23rd, 24th, 25th in Peoria. Right. Uh, we've been doing a lot of planning right now. Uh, all the, a lot of the on-time resolutions came in, in the last few days here. So we're looking really good. There's a lot of stuff for our local leaders to come to Peoria and discuss. How um, many resolutions have been submitted, if you know? or if you can... 25-ish. Wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, a few. Mm-hmm. That's, so, that's a few. Yeah. So we got some pretty good business to deal with and get our local leaders back engaged and uh given the direction for the FFI for the next couple of years yeah. till you know, uh, that's the direction at convention. Our delegates give the FFI board. That's how we operate over the next two years. And if you are a local that historically not gone, please go and exercise your right to vote, man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Be a part of the process and Peoria local 50. We've been in contact. We've been down there several times assisting with the planning they have some great uh, hospitality events uh, set up, so yeah, uh, th- those are always a good time. Uh, network, right? Yeah. And uh, they also have a concert. It's a fundraiser they're doing on Friday night, uh, Fire on the Water. So they're going to have several bands there, and it's down on the river front. Down by the river. Yes. All right. No vans there. <laughs> There might be by the end of the night, I never know. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, they got some great events planned, so kind of looking forward to it. I, it's again, it's taken up a lot of our time lately to uh, you know get this event rolling. Yeah. But you fi- yeah. you guys finally smartened up and got the right parliamentarian. I got to tell you, that is true. That uh, is true. Gerald, is it Gerald or no, just Jerry? Just, just, just Jerry. Gennaro. Just but, Jerry. Yeah, ah, yeah. Italian. Gennaro from Italy. Really? Yeah. I've never heard of that. Yeah. Okay. We learn something new every time. <laughs> water <laughs> polo. Been called worse. Water polo. Oh, dude, did you ever Fenwick. see Fenwick High School? I'm gonna. Sh- I'll find my yearbook and there's a photo of me in a speedo on the water polo team. It's disgusting. Gotta see it. <laughs> there's, just, there's nothing good about that. I think when we introduce the parliamentarian at convention, that the, picture should be speedo. on the screen. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Is that guy got a mullet in a speedo? Like, wow. what the fuck is going? On? So Jerry will be our. Parliamentarian at convention, and he will uh, guide you through the process. Excellent rulings, because I'm correct. sure we'll we'll need some excellent I have a gavel. rulings. Um, but as as Luke said, Peoria has really been doing you know a tremendous job. They were supposed to host it in 2020, yes, um, and then TR the, the magically created a virtual convention for us. They're excited. I've talked to those guys. Yeah. Talked to Josh, and those like they're all yeah. about uh, planning this and putting on a good show. So. Yes, yeah, so they have a golf outing on Wednesday. 
Um, and then the uh, convention kicks off at 9 a.m. And all I'm going to say is if you're a delegate or an alternate or a guest, you do not want to miss the opening ceremony. Cool. Yeah, the opening ceremonies are going to be epic. Really? I will just say that. We have a special guest. Is it Jimmy Page from Led Zeppelin? No, we Damn aren't it. even going to tell you <laughs> really? who it is. Wow. You're going to be in your seat at 9 a.m. Oh, wow, that's awesome. I'm going to have a front row seat as parliamentarian. Correct. That's amazing. Well, you kind of sit in the corner on a stool Correct. over the, the side. but Dunce cap on. You're, you're, you're <laughs> close to the front. Still, right, right. So sit there and don't say anything stupid, loser. Um, that's awesome. That's cool. Yeah. You, our, can we get a hint? Is there like a nope, hint? None. Zero. Just nothing. Do not want to miss it. Really? It'll, yeah. It's a big the deal. The roof might come off. Really? Is it Pat Devaney in a wedding gown? Nope. Oh, all right. That well, might happen too, though. <laughs> I mean, it's possible. Mm-hmm. He's an emeritus officer. He will be there. That's awesome. Yeah. So. That's really cool. All right. Anything else about the convention that we should be aware of? No. Please plan to attend. I'm um, excited about the opening. We need, I think we have. It's 485 are registered as of yesterday, yesterday for our time. That's really cool. As I, I, you know, some of the locals that I just know from my practice that sometimes aren't as. Engaged, they are either newer officers and they, you know, you had really four years because you, like you said, two years ago was COVID and people had other things to concentrate on. And I've been telling them of, you know, it's your locals opportunity to participate here. What are we doing? So I, I, that's a really great number. Yeah. And I think it was 50 some locals, correct? I think in that number. So it's, it is 485 uh, delegates and alternates registered and it's 50 near 60 locals, I believe, uh, have registered to attend. So That's fantastic. It's pretty good. Cool. And, and again, uh, it's it's just going to be great to get back together. And I think, again, really going to promote this opening because it's going to be good. I this is ex- Are you not? I'm yeah, excited. This is, I know. Like, they're keeping us in the dark. It's special. That is crazy. I don't know when this is going to air, but June 9th is the drop dead day to register for convention. Um, without going to the convention floor to be accepted. To be accepted. So, but I, this is going to air before June 9th, though, correct? Yeah, I think... Uh, DJ Silent Hype. She will take care of us. We can get this one out pretty quick, right? Oh, for real. She yeah, is she's a all over it. Her, that's her... No, she's amazing. Oh, oh no, yeah. Silent you Hype. got to find her. I we, thought we that tell was just something y'all made nope. up. And, uh, Every podcast, we're like, go check out DJ Silent Hype, wherever DJ Silent Hype is found. She is way smarter than us, understands how all this works. She's a sound engineer. Tolerates us barely, and she's wonderful. <laughs> Good stuff. All right, so that's the convention. The next thing we need to talk about, um, that we wanted to talk about, was the. So it is May twenty sixth today. Yesterday, um, just so that everybody's aware, because this is the biggest thing regarding pensions since World War Two, was the Consolidated Pension Fund. Um, uh, for police and fire, for investment purposes, into a statewide fund. Uh, the circuit court up in Kane County uh, did rule yesterday, granted summary judgment for the consolidated funds in the state of Illinois, uh, and dismissed uh, the plaintiff's remaining counts. Uh, so I just want everybody to understand that means, in layman's terms, that the statute was found to be constitutional and permissible under the law. Uh, and then uh, now the question is whether or not the plaintiffs will appeal. If they do appeal, it would go to the appellate court and then the Illinois Supreme Court, although the appellate court does have the jurisdiction and ability to say, we're not touching it, let it go right to the Supreme Court. Uh, but I would anticipate if they appeal, it would go to the appellate court and the Supreme Court uh, at both levels. But uh, everybody should be aware. I do get asked all the time because, again, that was such a huge thing for the for the pension funds, uh, what a, a, a sea change here and how that business is done for investment purposes. So uh, did I miss anything? Yeah, no, you you got it all. Um, just from the IFPIF standpoint, uh, it's for some background, there's 296 different uh, fire downstate Article 4 fire pension funds. Um, as we sit here today, 90% of them have already transferred their money. Um, if PIF, our staff of five is going to continue doing what they've been doing for the last two years and, um, hopefully get the last 30 odd pension funds scheduled to, uh, to transfer. So we're hoping that they don't appeal because that's just more costs, um, at the end of the day to, to all of our members' pension funds. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but moving forward, we're going to continue what we're doing and uh, and hope for the best. I know there's two more tranches, I think, June 1st and June 27th, I think, or June 25th, somewhere in there before the June 30th deadline. Correct. Um, there so. might be a 
third. I try to get the, right. the remainder of them right. in. So. Right, right, right. All right. Well, and we've always been open. Whether you're, it's right, wrong, or indifferent to you, whether you like it or don't like it, uh, that is what happened uh, yesterday, the circuit court. And uh, stay tuned. We'll see if uh, there's going to be an appeal process and, and, and go from there. Anything else that we have to talk about before we get into the meat and potatoes, if you will? No. Convention, uh, if piff. MDA Sox fundraiser game against the Detroit Tigers is July 9th right. at, uh, I'll call it Comiskey. Sox Park. Guaranteed, Guaranteed Rake Field, yeah, whatever you want to call it. My, I want, I'm trying to ban, by the way, just didn't tell you, that my, my partner, Amanda Clark, who's wonderful and a brilliant attorney, and she's a wonderful partner, but she's a Detroit Tigers fan, so I don't want Ooh. her to go. So if there was a way that we can get her to not be able to attend, because she's going to wear a Detroit Tigers jersey. Mm. So it's the only it's time a, I it, don't like her. It is a good time. The brothers and sisters from Berwyn uh, do all the cooking right. for the tailgate. Because we're fat. So a couple hours before the game. <laughs> yeah. Um, plenty of, you know refreshments and call the office yes. yeah there's still tickets available i believe right? good times hit yeah. By all. yeah there's probably i don't know 25 or 30 tickets left yeah so if you're listening and you're interested in supporting mda and coming out and having a good time july 9th yeah. all right have some water hang out <laughs> whatever mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. you go all right so let's get into it uh we do have a very special guest uh, somebody who's doing really great work for the state and the Associated Firefighters of Illinois and kind of the mission of what we're trying to do uh, as an organization in the state. So with uh, no further delay, can you please state your name for the record? Thanks My name is Bo Cheney, and I am the recruiter out at Rockford. Okay. Rock so Department. just for people who don't know you, you are a – what your rank at, in, in Rockford? Recruiter. So you're the, rec- you're the official yeah. full-time yeah, yeah, recruiter? Yeah, full-time recruiter. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and how long have you been at the Rockford Fire Department? Uh, I'm in my 18th year. Wow. So I'm on my downslide right now. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can, you yeah, can see the up, back nine. Yeah, the man, look, yeah, yeah, back yeah. nine's coming. Uh, I'm certain that the fire service is very different now than it was 18 years ago, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so Bo's a full-time recruiter for Rockford, and before we went on air, we were talking about it. Uh, Rockford is just, it's a big local, man. Like you were just saying, so I think 277, 277 yeah. members oh. of the Rockford Fire Department. It is oh. the second biggest local outside of Local 2, uh, second biggest department outside of Chicago Fire Department. Like, wow. <laughs> and uh, there you go. So full time. So are you the inaugural, are you the first recruiter that Rockford has had? Or how does that work? No, I'm the third, actually. So. Oh, when did they start the program? Oh man, we they, they had a recruiter years ago, right? And then that recruiter it went away, and it came back through through a lawsuit. Came back it was kind of t- attached to a lawsuit that came back. So for the last six years, we've had a recruiter. So I'm the third one in the recent since the lawsuit that, that is going through. And but and you're also involved in Luke. If you can talk about this with what AFFI is doing, so you're the recruiter for Rockford, and then what? I know what the Associated Firefighters is doing, but please explain it. So uh, Chuck is so good at finding talent around the state and our locals. <laughs> Except your pick for parliamentarian. Other than that, you're really good at it. Can I just back up to 2011, like how we got to? Yeah, we probably yeah, should. Please do. Where are we going with this topic? Is yeah, what we so, probably want to yeah. go um, with. So back in 2010, 2011, actually prior to that, maybe starting in about 2008, 2009, um, the AFI recognized, along with the fire chiefs and multiple other fire service organizations, that there's three ways that you're hired in the state of Illinois. Fire Protection District Act, Civil Service, and the Board of Fire and Police Commissioners. All three of those statutes in 2008 looked different. They were not all the same. So we took it upon, we, the AFFI, took it upon ourselves to get all three of those, at a minimum, to at least look alike. Uh, for example, a non-home rule versus a home rule. Um, there were various you know, preference points in Board of Fire and Police that you could administer as opposed to the Fire Protection District. Right. Long story short, it took us about three years and involved a lot of different stakeholders to get those three statutes looking alike. We also, at that time, recognized that um, local governments wanted their fire department to look much like their communities. So we thought it would be behoove them. Keep in mind also that the local governments do all of the hiring. We as a union have no say-so, zero, in who is selected to be a firefighter in the city of 
Rock Jones. Fund. Yeah. Right. We just, they just become a Rockford union member or a DeKalb union member by virtue of their employment by the local government. We thought it would be beneficial to the local governments to allow preference points if there was a, if you were a city of Rockford resident and you applied for the city of Rockford. And that was, that's now in statute. They can allow that. Right. They could also allow, for example, um, if it was a Latino, largely dominated by Latinos, for example, Aurora, they could allow, uh, if you spoke Spanish, right. they could allow for preference points. So we kind of took the lead there. And then fast forward to 2019, where a lot of the building trades unions utilize uh, apprenticeship programs. The AFFI initiated a bill that uh, Governor Pritzker signed that allows apprenticeship programs within fire departments. And, there, I mean, there's a, a lot of details in there, but it must be included in your collective bargaining agreement. That was in 2019. In 2020, um, we recognized again that, actually Margaret identified it in probably 2017, that there were less and less people interested in becoming firefighters and paramedics. At the same time, um, this is in 2020, 2021, and um, and I'll let Bo tell you who they are, but um, it consists of three black males. These are all firefighters. Three black males, two Latino males, one Asian male, and one female. And their initial task, what we tasked them with, we created the standing committee. It's not funded by um, resolution right now, but there will be a resolution submitted. Shortly. Yes, in Peoria. <laughs> that their, their main mission was to develop boilerplate language or educational pieces to share with our 224 locals and get them out in schools. And Bo can explain far better than I can. Um, but from the AFFI standpoint, the standing committee was going to share with 224 locals how to be aggressive, for lack of a better term, and, and getting um, minority candidates interested in and educated on firefighter and paramedicine. Right. In addition to that, we've also experienced no one wants to be a firefighter. Right. So there's also that. So you know, Bo handled that as a, well. That's a different. That's <laughs> right, a whole right, different. Right, way. Can you right. fix that as right. well? Right. That's a whole different. Why yeah, it gets this too. So I, I can't remember what month it was, but and Bo can probably tell, or Luke can probably tell yes. you. Um, uh, August. That's August. kind of the that's kind of the background of how we arrived. At, and Bo is the uh, chair. Of, oh, the, uh, of eight, our human the, relations committee. The human relations yeah. committee. So, Hen go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, hence, we do recruiting on the AFFI level of talented people to get involved with Correct. everything we're doing. And I think a uh, couple things I want to comment on that Chuck was talking about, like the overall history since 2011. We were in Minneapolis for a state provincial officer meeting with all the other state leadership in the IFF. Uh, that happens twice a year, those meetings. And this was fall of 2019. And multiple other state presidents were talking about the issue of recruiting and having issues with people testing. We kind of talked about it. And at that point, really in Illinois, we had not seen that issue. It was maybe in its infancy, but not something that was like clearing. I don't remember that at that time. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So we, we, we didn't really think much of it. And then it's really accelerated in the last couple of years. And it's a constant conversation we're having with locals. I mean, we just we just went to a union meeting in the last few weeks to talk to that local because they think they're an anomaly, but this is statewide. And what people do need to understand is that Illinois was probably late to this game. The, the rest of the country has been having trouble recruiting firefighters for quite a long time. In fact, other employers, uh, fire departments, have come into Illinois, set up shop at hotels in Oak Brook, Schaumburg, to recruit for firefighters in their states. Right. Now, a lot of that has to do with Illinois has way better benefits. Um, it's actually been, if you Google search it, Illinois is the best state to be a firefighter in. It's, there's no it's doubt. It's rated, rated that, the highest. There's you know? no doubt. Right. So I think that's what 
enabled Illinois not to be, you know, in the mix with everybody else until recently. But uh, it, it's a definite issue. And so then much, does that also drive you nuts when you hear sometimes from some of our more disgruntled guys talk about how horrible the state of Illinois is and you want to sit there and be like, oh, really? Go be a fireman in Alabama. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and we we've talked about that on this Just podcast before. Decide. No, it's different right. though. It's yeah. different. I mean, it's it's not better any better. They'll figure it out when they get there. But right. we got it pretty good. It's different. We got it pretty good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We definitely do. And I think I just think there's a multiple issues. And maybe before we get into Bo, we kind of talked about this earlier because uh, Bo is going to talk about some of the thought processes we have on maybe uh, reversing this trend. But uh, you know, some of the issues that are out there. The volunteer fire service has been hurting for decades was a feeder for the for the full-time professional firefighters. These departments are decimated in Illinois. I do not have people coming uh, into our ranks to test. And then um, you take, uh, you know, kids today. I, I'm, my son's just about there. He's going to be a senior next year in high school. He has no idea what he wants to do. He wants to play video games, maybe be a YouTuber. He wants to be a YouTuber. YouTuber right. or whatever, you know. I don't even know what that means, but hey, you know. Make videos. You're a YouTuber. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, sounds cool, right? It, sound, it does. Sound you know, cool. but um, so I think, you know, there just hasn't been the drive to look at this as a career. And those numbers have slowly declined over time. And, you know, you really don't notice it until it gets to a critical point. And I, it, would you say, though, that we're, I, I would say, just because of the amount that I of uh, uh, locals that we represent that I represent, we are at the critical level now. In yeah. my in my opinion, yeah. In, ma- yeah. in, in many places, I uh, I agree with that. The other thing is the training requirements. Uh, many of the departments have trained. Uh, re- sorry, many of the departments have changed the requirements to get on the job. They're requiring basic firefighter certification and paramedic. Where in the days that all of us sitting at this table were testing, most departments didn't require that. And you had, in cases, thousands of people taking the written test. Um, right. And now today those numbers are three. Uh, we have locals that have had zero show up for tests. So, it's it's again, it's kind of evolved and it's a problem. And, uh, you know, as Chuck said, I think as an organization, we need to tackle it head on because we're a part of it. Even though we're not doing the hiring, uh, we should advocate for our profession. And it's a good profession. It's, it's the best job out there. You ask any firefighter, this it's the best thing going. And, uh, and I think we'll reverse the trend. Um, and I'll just make the point we we're talking earlier. Uh, Aurora, interestingly enough, had 600 applicants in their recent process. They have 480 that passed the written test that just, that just happened within the last month. So maybe the trend's going the other way. As we discussed, though, there might be some anomalies there that Aurora yeah. is going to add a lot of people. We think there's maybe a lot of people that are leaving. They might be sucking up from other places. Other places, right. and yeah. that's going to compound the problem everywhere else. Right. It, that, that's to be seen. I, I don't think they know those finite numbers if there's fresh recruits in that or if they're, if they're pulling from other departments in Illinois. But that is a positive, though, to see somebody have those kind of numbers because if you look at Rockford, uh, Bo has been pretty good about sharing their numbers. Uh, large metropolitan department in Illinois. Second biggest in the state. We just said it, yeah. Yeah, and uh, Roar would be a similar uh, to that, and their numbers have declined. Their last test was just over 100, right, that made the list. Yeah, we had 103. We always have about 103 to make yeah. the list. We had 300 to take it. It was down from last year or last testing cycle, which was about 580. Yeah. Well, Aurora also there to hire, I think, did not require. No I think it was, you know, you are 21 United States citizen driver's license, um, which yeah. is how it used to be. That's when I yeah. got hired. That's that's what it was. So I would be interested, and I don't, you know, if they're willing to share that data or have that data, how much of it is guys from other departments that want to, you know, do a that lateral is. over so much, so to speak, or how much it is of guys, you know, off the street that want to get into the business. Yeah, and like I said, I think that paramedic requirement not being there, Rockford's in the same boat. Uh, because I believe some of the numbers we heard out of IDPH, I think this current year in paramedic class, it's like 238 or 248 or something like that in paramedic classes yeah. in the state of Illinois right now. That is way too low to backfill yeah. the gaping holes that are there across right. the state. Yeah. And even the private industry, whatever, if you're doing paramedicine and in ours, that's not enough to backfill. So it is good, though, that you know maybe they don't have those requirements, so their numbers are going to be a little higher. And that definitely, I believe, helps. Well, look, every, everybody's low, Luke. Yeah. Because you, if you go to the hospitals, to the ERs, they're low on techs. Nurses. Techs. Nurses. Yeah. Everybody's low across the board. So I feel like I feel like we do a good job. I like working with Luke and Chuck because they give you enough creativity 
to bring stuff, you know, for education. Well, I, th to that point, I want to know, here's what I've seen an anecdotally. I've seen a lot of employers, like you said, you were talking to a local that they thought that they were the anomaly. I see a lot of employers that don't understand. And we've actually had to take time and when I'm, you know, rep you come in and represent a local in bargaining to sit there and say, look, this is a statewide issue. And that directly leads to either hiring requirements, making the commitment to send guys like Aurora is going to be doing to paramedic school and the Fire 2 Academy. And most employers, are, want, they understand it once you sit and explain it to them that this is a statewide issue. Unfortunately, sometimes I've seen in bargaining where employers, you know, they'll do anything they can to get out of spending money to structurally build a fire department. It's really frustrating. I mean, I've seen where they're like, well... Uh, yeah, okay, we'll hire them without paramedic, um, but they've got to pay to send themselves through paramedic school. And right. you're like, really? Like, you'd hire some copper, you're going to hire some guy off the street and then sit there and make him pay to go to the police academy? Like, come on, you know? So, right. you know, it, it's most employers are really good actors. Some of them just don't get it and don't want to spend the money. That's a minority, you know, uh, but it's really frustrating when you see it. So, well, even the paramedic certification in Illinois has changed. In the recent years, uh, they've gone to national registry test right. that has uh, actually there's a high failure rate in that. So that's one issue. The other thing is most paramedic programs have now associated themselves with the community college, which is a good thing because now you're getting higher uh, education and college credit for going to paramedic school. But that's changed the cost of it. When you used to go to a resource hospital and go through a paramedic class, might have been anywhere from two to three thousand bucks. If uh, you're going through a college program now because it's based on credit hours, that's anywhere from ten to twelve thousand dollars in cases that I've heard around the state. So that that could be a deterrent too because the likeliness to you, you get that paramedic certification, you're probably not coming right into our profession right off the bat. You're going to work for you know uh, a private employer who's not going to pay you a decent wage at all, and you're going to spend all this money to get that certification and not make any money. That's Correct. probably not appealing either. But again, I think. You know, to kind of get our conversation rolling, there's multiple factors probably affecting this. Um, one of them that a uh, local brought up when we were visiting and with them, a member brought up that, oh, there was 36,000 people fleeing Illinois every year. And that's why we don't have firefighters testing. Well, one, that now has been totally debunked. I um, And we addressed it that, that evening. That is demonstrably false. Yes, correct. And even if that was true that's not going to affect our numbers like this. Yeah. There's, you know, that's, that's a, that's a minute, minute by the way, number. So, so everybody listening out there, you know, there was a, a news report from the census bureau that us along with five other States were actually undercounted by a quarter of a million people in Illinois. And we were at the highest population that the state of Illinois has ever had, by the way. So there you go, Illinois naysayers. Yeah. So I think that's, that's that. So on the FFI level, you know, Bo's chairing the committee. I think, uh, probably recognize the members of that and Bo can start to get yeah, into wanna, what, so hey, what are they ask, looking at? What are we doing? You know? I want to break it down. So this was a good segue. And so, you know, I see it just at the bargaining table or these guys see it trying to direct policy, but you're actually like in schools and dealing right. with people and doing it. So I think the first, my idea of asking you a bunch of questions here is to break it down first in what you're seeing as a recruiter. So, I don't know if I'm going to ask our fair questions or not, or if, if I'm asking them in an awkward way, but what are you seeing or in your experience is the biggest impediment to, so you go to a school, why don't kids want to be fine? Like what is the impediment? Or is it a lack of knowledge or understanding? Yeah, it's Talk education. It's an educational piece. So, so I, I never wanted to be a firefighter personally. I kind of bumped into it when I, when I would study with some guys and went and took the test. When you go to a school, the kids have no clue what we do, no clue about how much we work. And most of the questions end up coming from the grownups that are there. So I think it's an educational piece that we're missing that they don't understand. So now that YouTuber looks more attractive or the working at Walmart or, or the working at Chrysler because Chrysler is big in Rockford or any other factory that's going to give you some quick money looks more attractive than the fire service. When, when we were brought up, most of our parents or uncles or grown-ups were hooked to jobs that actually offered pensions. Defined benefit plans. Yeah. The first, when I first got hired with Rockford Fire, the first thing that the family members said was, uh, they got good benefits. You'll be fine for the rest of your life. And I, I didn't even know. I was just thinking about 
the amount of hours we worked and the right. amount of time I have off. Right. But once and how I look cool in uniform. Right? That's right. Correct. But once it's explained to you, then you're thinking, oh, man, I do all this, and then we got a pension, and then we still got this 4, 457, right. and we got healthcare. all deferred comp yeah. and health care. And, and, then, and then the biggest part that I just learned recently is the brotherhood part. You know, I, I took a trip. I always tell the story. I took a trip to D.C., Big Bears, a Sox fan. <laughs> We are watching the game. Oh, we run past the firehouse. I go in and they say, hey, go eat there. Go, Don't go here. Though. So I got people that look out for me. Right. And that's the biggest thing we can do is try to educate kids right now as young as possible. At some age, it's a cutoff. We all play cops and robbers. We're the firefighter. We're getting the kid out the tree. And then at some point, it stops. And that's when, when um, other recruiters step in other than me. You know, gangs or whatever it may be, they step in and start recruiting. So... If we can get this pipeline to go at a younger age, and that's what we've created, a pipeline where we can get them from the kindergarten, we can introduce you to the fire service where that firefighter's cool and get the firefighter to remain cool until you get out of school, then we'll, we'll have more. Would you suggest, or in, in your experience of doing this, that a the uh, you know the police departments, some fire departments do, I think Addison always had a really good program, but like the cadet and explorer programs and stuff like that. Do you find that that would be something effective for kids in middle school and freshman year of high school? The most not? effective, the yeah. most effective, because you got to think when you're in middle school, now uh, they add everything in, you know, in, in, in preschool and, you know, grade school, right. it's just fun. And then they'd add stuff in and now you're changing and now girls look cool and everything else. Look. So we, we got to we got to have a process to still keep them involved, especially in middle school. I did I did a study with Carla Red. She's our chief now. And at the ages of 10 and 14 is when kids usually go to crime or other things. So you think in fifth and eighth grade, if we don't get them by the time they're out of eighth grade, it's over with. Yeah. The likeliness of them becoming a firefighter or being successful is it drops. So the high school, I mean, I would guess you'd have to attack it on all fronts. But what what you're hearing, I mean, I I would I had always been on the understanding, you know, trying to get into the high schools. And I know that in in my community we're trying to do that more in east and west and going in and trying to sit there and say, can we work classes into the high schools or paramed? But you're really saying grade school. Yeah, it's got to be it's got to be two legs to it. So the high school people, we need them right now. So we got to go steal people from somewhere because we need them right now to test. Our numbers are down. Right. But at the same point, we still have to create a system to where we're building our own. It's almost disrespectful for me to go out and cattle herd a bunch of people right now and expect to get a bunch of good firefighters out of them. Right. Where, where in a classroom setting, we'll have, I can say, okay, Luke, he's going to be a good firefighter. Chuck. You need to go be a plumber or something. Yeah, correct. But you get it. You Accurate. get that. <laughs> you get the intimate. You know, you're intimate with these kids. Right and you can kind of yeah. see. Yeah, I'd probably rather be a plumber. But you get a chance to see what you got. Whereas right now, we're just it's just a test and it's a CPAT. And then somebody can come uh, pull a wool over your face for 30 minutes and have a good interview. Right. And, and, and years later, they're leaving to go to another department. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, and on this, and we've, all of us, the committee, we've had just round and round conversations on this, and 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 the ideas are flowing in the way we're going. You know, one of the one of the issues there too is a lot of departments have cut out their pub ed. That pub ed oh, went away yeah. in the grade schools and everything. Really, a lot of places cut it after two thousand eight and nine. That was one of the first easy things cut. And when you're doing a fire department budget, if you got to shrink your budget, that's one of the first areas to go. So, you know, Bo's thought process on this is. Yeah, these high school programs are there. We we believe they're an asset and they need to be there, but we got to get even earlier. And, and, and so that feeds into that high school program. So for the locals listening today, not that, uh, you know, here's a three-step plan, but I mean, what would you recommend that they start looking into immediately for the locals that are, that are, that are out there? Some type of, some type of partnership with the school district where, where you can, you can be visible at an early age. I got kindergarten classes that as soon as I walk in, that's firefighter ball. I'm just taking pub ed materials every time we get something new and passing them out to the kids. I may read a book and then I'm gone. But we got we to gotta rebuild that relationship. Now, the cops got it different because of, of uh, the media, how they're portrayed in the media. But we've always been heroes when we walk in the door. And, and I think we've been distant from the community for for a long time, and that's hurt us. So the lack of knowledge is, you know, my aunt 
still, as of a couple of years ago, thought that we just ran on structure fires. And now we were talking about before uh, we hit record here, but people don't understand the extent and breadth of our service and what we do. But it's, it's like grown literally ups. anything. But it's grown ups, though. It's grown ups and high school seniors. How could a high school senior not know what we do, but they can tell you everything, you know, how much they make at Walmart, what the 401k pays? How can right. they not know what a firefighter does and they're, and they're seniors in high school? Or the teachers are like, well, what's the cutoff age? Hey, thanks for your presentation. And I, I pick on teachers. I, I purposely pick on teachers because I was a teacher at one point. So teacher work, 180 days. Firefighter work, 90 days. Teacher makes uh, 36000 We start off at 55000 You know what right, I mean? Right, right. So I, I purposely go through that so the kids can see. And then they're looking at it like, hey, Miss B, you, <laughs> you picked the wrong thing. You know what I mean? Right, right. So, so that's where we are. But now the... The challenge is how do we do that on a bigger scale? And that's what he's got. How do we do that on a bigger scale? And then how do we create something so every local can use it? So that's what the committee is built. We're designed to try to figure it out for everybody. And every every local's different. So some things you may be able to use, some things you may not be able to use. But this is what has worked for us. Cadet and Explorer programs, oh, yeah. getting into the grade schools and high schools, oh, you yeah. know, et cetera. Yeah, we, we just hired, uh, in my local right now, we have 15 firefighters on probation. It's one of the biggest hires we've had in uh, probably ever in our department at once. And out of those 15, eight of them have come through high school vocational programs. So that, that does work. Um, so I was talking to these guys earlier today. Aurora also just recently did a a Saturday at their training grounds uh, in North Aurora there. It's called the Southern Kane County Training Association. They just invited high school students. They went to five different communities, five different high schools, and just brought the local kids in. These kids aren't even explorers yet. They're just trying to get them interested in those programs. So it's just another avenue. And, again, it's something a local is doing. So the committee is going to build a toolkit as the goal, and we can share this information out. And then, yeah, you can pick – Hey, this is going to work for us, or we, or maybe they already have those assets in their community and they haven't really engaged in it. Some of the some of the stuff I've heard is the high school vocational programs. Um, it could be somebody that's teaching it, but not never was a career firefighter and right. really is not pushing the narrative. Like, hey, this is what you want to do, and you need to do X, Y, and Z to get on the job. So I, I think if our locals and our members can get engaged in those programs in their communities. We're going to be better off too. And there's nothing that says you can't think outside the box and act as a as a like a consortium, right? So like you know you guys, 277 guys. It's a lot of guys, right? I mean, there's nothing that says you're picking in my neighborhood that Cicero Berwin and North Riverside, the unholy triumvirate, couldn't always get together and send a guy over to Morton East and Morton West. I mean, again, picking you know you could have locals that are smaller, you know, two three locals, 15 20 man locals next to each other that you know get together and use the toolkit and have at it, right? I mean. Because at that point, you want them to test for anybody. We're all down. Right. Right. So, we all in the red. So since we're in the red, we got to do something gotta together. Do something. Yeah. yeah. That's so um, what I want to train. So I want to move into the kind of the human relations committee portion of like, what are you guys doing then statewide or how's that going to how's what's the next step then? So we got we got a bunch of members and I'm a name and we got Pat Jackson, in East St. Louis, Gervais over in uh, Country Club Hills. Um, Jorge and Elgin, Ricky, Riverdale, Joe, and then Courtney. She's down in Carbondale, and and they're able to give different perspectives of what's going on. For Suburban, example, urban, rural. Yeah, yeah. Pat Jackson's down in East St. Louis, right? And they get every structure fire. They get maybe maybe nine people. Yeah. Depending who's on nine on shift, they might get six people. Yeah. So we're we're out and he's saying, Bo, you know, my wife's fears for me going to work. Why? We get twenty people at a fire in Rockford, you know, and, and we you start to only think inside right. the Rockford box. Yeah. Right. So they're ghost pumping. Right. right. Yeah. Right. So with, with 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 a committee that's throughout the state, I get to see every aspect of what's going on and try to figure out what will work in different places. And that's what we pound on. This will work there, it won't work here. Put it in the toolkit. This won't work here. We don't need this. Take it out the toolkit. And everybody should be able to get that and look at it and grab something for it to use. Yeah, and all, all the members of the committee, too, have the diverse backgrounds, oh, too, yeah. and their oh, experiences, yeah. how they got into the job. Yeah. Uh, for example, Courtney, you know, we are just talking about the, the, the Explorer programs. Yeah. Well, Courtney came up with something in Carbondale just to drive 
uh, females, bad, females bad, only. Bad ex ladies. Bad ex ladies. Yeah, she created her own program oh, yeah. and pushed that to you know get ladies involved in fire service. So um, Jorge from Elgin, he's a military member, and he brings that perspective. Hey, I got in the job, but he's like, hey, nobody came to me when I was getting out of the military and told me I get five preference points. And right. being in the fire department is kind of like the military. So we're missing all kinds of avenues. All those two pensions. You, yeah. You, you right. got you to gotta think it's when guys get deployed for military action, we still save their positions for them. And Correct. then they, when they retire, they got a pension from the service and then one from the from the fire. Their fire. historical pipeline, that's a good point though. Well, because their historical pipeline was law enforcement. Like, you know, you could see like they they would come military yeah, to law enforcement, yeah, military to yeah. law enforcement. But they're wonderful guys, men and women that, that come on. You love the military people because they understand the discipline, the, the discipline and yeah. the hierarchy. And you tell them to do something and they just go do it. And then you're like, oh, thank you for it's, this. Until probation is over with. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then they ain't right. doing nothing. Yeah, day 366, <laughs> well, why do I have to do this? Right. 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 Yeah. And then even uh, Gervais, he, you know, uh, he's somebody I've, built a pretty good relationship with. Uh, he's closer to my heart because he went to NIU. He played football yeah. at Northern Illinois University. And uh, he actually came to one of our firehouses like, hey, how do I become a fireman? Mm -hmm. But even college athletes, uh, just another area I think our fire service hasn't really approached. Uh, a college athlete. Team building. Team building. Yeah, yeah. We're fit on the job. Yep. Your coaches are like officers telling you what to do. You know what I'm saying? It's It, it really fits. So Again, this committee, I, I I really like the talent in it and the, and the thought processes they all have yeah. and their experiences and, you know, Bo's chairing and pushing them in a direction to are, are hopefully guys, give some good ideas out there. So, but are you guys addressing, I mean, some of the, I know that you are, I just want to understand how, you know, some of the barriers to entry, right? So, you know, if, is it still, you know, if you want to get your fire to, you've got to be sponsored by a by a department, right? Or if, you know, the, the, if, if paramedic is already a requirement, then what you've done is, is, you know, you got to go to EMT school, maybe on your own, then you've got to go to paramedic school on your own, pay for that. So you're, you're, cause we're so specialized. And I'm thinking of just the difference between us and law enforcement, not that law enforcement isn't, that is, that is a highly specialized, highly trained job, but they seem to be more um, willing to, to send them to the academy, et cetera. We're here on the fire side. It's just kind of evolved where, well, you got to have all these certifications first and, and then we'll think about hiring you. you know, but it, right. it's a solution to it. Yeah. Right? What, what would that be to you? What does that look like Okay, to you? so Rockford has a bunch of surrounding departments. Every department's hurting, including, including the, the volunteer departments, right? Volunteer departments or, or part-time departments will pay for kids to go. They take kids at 18 years old where we take them at 21. Right. So if you're an 18-year-old and you graduate from high school, I should be sending you to a farm league to get this stuff paid for until you can come out. You might want to stay there, but I should be sending you somewhere, working together like you were saying, until you can come back to Rockford. So that should be our proposal. If you if you have everybody that has nobody and we get these people together, then they should be sent somewhere to get these certifications and then come back to us to get them paid for yeah. that. That's but I was also thinking that, that, you know, like the high schools, right? So right. you would love to have a emergency services curriculum. I mean, if I can go work on engines and heating and air or something, why can't I come out of high school and be a paramedic? And I'm, an apprenticeship, I, yeah, it should the, be. The apprenticeship be, yeah. through the schools. Is that? I mean, I don't know if that's realistic or not. I mean, I, mean, I just... Yeah, we, we've had some preliminary discussions with the fire chiefs and, um, you know. Has there uh, been interest not, or understanding? A, I don't think it's really a secret, but, um, you know, again, we're trying to be forward thinking here and it won't be until the veto session, which is in November after the election, that uh, we'd like to create a task force through the General Assembly. Okay. So that there's actually some accountability. Right. So you can have, you know. Community X offering a signing bonus and community Y doesn't have the ability to provide a signing bonus. We, we're trying to keep everybody on a level playing field. Um, and there's a number of different ideas out there. Luke and, and Bo have mentioned before uh, creating MAP grants for individuals who are you know, going through paramedic school. Um, maybe a state appropriation for local governments to recruit and retain. Uh, the, an age reduction. Um, there's all, you know, some caveats to that. So if an 18-year-old is allowed to be hired in a local government, he sure as she or he should be sure as hell 
have the ability to retire at 48 and right, begin right. collecting. Right. Um, removing it, all requirements, just the standard when I think most of us came on, driver's license, GED, right. 21 or 18 perhaps. Um, if there is signing bonuses, then every municipality should offer signing bonuses. Uh, we are going to reinvigorate the statewide list that's currently in state statute. Um, we've talked about regional apprenticeship programs and also in discussions is removing the requirement, which isn't state statute, it's through a rule that Bo has to be sponsored by Fire Department X in order to attend an academy. Because right. so that has been a barrier yeah. to entry. Those are so you know, just kind of highlighted some of the topics um, that you, you we are talking about. about. I, I, the, the reinvigorating of the, of the statewide mm -hmm. hiring list, and I don't know, and Bo, to your point, I don't know if you think, but there are other states that have a very robust statewide hiring list, you know, where you get on that and then, you know, oh, this municipality says we need somebody and you can pass once and then this municipality needs some, you know, or something like that. I mean, right. a, a concentrated statewide hiring list, because sometimes it's just as operational. What, what we learned is, you know, if you have your uh, hiring test in your community and it just so happens to be on the same Saturday in May as five other communities, yeah. Well, you're forcing these applicants to pick, pick and one. choose, right? Sure. So you you don't realize how big of an impact something so small and stupid sounding has, right? But you've mm -hmm. now just diluted your pool on your list by by twenty, you know, eighty percent potentially, right? right? So yeah. And then with a statewide list, so for example, I've got hundred and three guys on our current list, two year list, right? Maybe sixty of them won't get hired. Right. So while I have, while I know that 60, that bottom 60 won't get hired. And they're qualified. They're qualified. Yeah, they, they should be working somewhere else. Correct. In, Ship in them the to state, this right? department. So now as a recruiter, how many times will I come to you and say, hey, look, this is the third time you're number 60 and I don't know if you're going to get a job. When I could be saying, oh, man, you can't get one here. Well, Courtney down in Carbondale doesn't have a lot, have a lot of people. Correct. You can go right there now. Or I can say, uh, Ricky in Riverdale, you can go there right now and work right, right now. And, and that's what I think we should do. The only problem that they came up, came up when I mentioned it to the union was then we'll get, we're getting people, we're getting outsiders. Whereas, and, and the solution we came up with is the people on the list should get preference points if you're from that town. Right. Mm. Yeah. So you I won't, so you, won't you know, you know, you won't hop over right. anybody. But other than that, we should be able, those other 60s should be going other places. If they really want to be firefighters, we should be able to go somewhere else and yeah. work. Yeah. And, and the reason why it's been so complicated is, at least in my opinion, and, and you two would know, you know, certainly know better than I would, but we have always fought so hard for staffing and manning. So you have to have the Substitutes Act, et cetera. As I've always said, and I've said on this program before, you know, no police officer is ever concerned about being replaced by a security guard who's going to respond to calls. While you have forced us to put all of these rules and laws and statutes in place because we are trying to protect ourselves and make sure that we have the most highly qualified candidates that provide these services to the community. So we've had that, and now we have to figure out a way how to keep those protections and then expand the hiring pool, right? Because there's no world in which you'd ever waive the Substitutes Act. Correct. Because, I mean, you know, those types of things. So just for the listeners, it just makes it, I think a little bit more complex. There's always that next mm -hmm. step that you have to engage in to try to protect ourselves. Absolutely. Yeah. So, and hopefully we'll be able to, you know, come up with some solutions in the next 12 months or so. Um, what else about the uh, HRC for AFFI should we know about? What else have you been working on? Plans, programs? I know the AFFI has always been uh, very, very supportive of having departments look like the communities that they serve, et cetera. What All else right. have you guys so been doing? So that toolkit is a big thing we're doing because we want everybody to have access to whatever we, we found successful. Yes. And then also we've been working on the website. We want everybody coming back to the AFFI as a, as a one-stop shop. So we got a website that we're building that'll have stuff right there. And then every local will be listed and every local know when every local's testing and we could look and see what the requirements are. They should come to us for everything. We'll have videos on there, videos that work for me. Maybe you work for a smaller department and your department can't afford. You don't have a pub ed 
budget where you can afford to make a video. Okay, you can use the same videos we made. So we're right. just trying to make it easier for them to go one place instead of going to, I don't even know, hot 911 jobs, whatever it is, mm-hmm. and looking the at blue line, yeah, whatever, it's whatever so, it is. To your point, it's so hodgepodgey because I listen to these guys, the younger kids at the firehouse, and like they're talking to their friends that are getting hired, and it, it's like luck of the draw. It's so hot. Like, oh, I happen to be on blue line, and oh, this test is available on this day, and it's like, it, it's... It is. It's like dart against the dartboard. Like you know, like you were saying, you went and magically took the test with a couple guys and got hired, and here you are, eighteen years later. I mean, right. there's stories like that everywhere. Right. It's like I I understand removing the barriers to entry, and, and that's part of it. The last part that I always forget as a recruiter: some kids will, some kids won't. They don't want to do the fire side, and I always forget the dispatcher side because they're connected to us too. Mm-hmm. In right. Rockford. I always mm-hmm. forget this. So I've been bringing that back too. Hey, look, you know, if you're going to go, if you can multitask, if you can text and talk, then we got something for you. <laughs> <laughs> we got something for you. So. so I would not make a good dispatcher really is what you're saying. But you are competing with dispatch services. You're competing. You had said this a few minutes ago, a while back, but the, our locals need to understand that, you are competing with law enforcement. You are competing with nurses. You know, it's like we had a, a great kid, just anecdotally for in our department, we had a great kid that was spoken so highly of. And he decided that given the incredible amount of money that he can make nursing, that he was going to pass up our, 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 our list. And he was going to pass up this, you know, to stay doing that. So it's not just like, you know, Berwins can, competing with DeKalb, competing with Rockford to get from this pool. You're also competing with the, you know, $70 an hour nurse that has all the hours that they want, et cetera, plus the overtime. So, yeah. I mean, the media, too. You forget media. Because when I'll go to a class and I'll say, what are you what are you doing after high school? Oh, I'm going to the NBA, NFL. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, clearly, so, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's more than just those jobs because they have these unrealistic, unattainable careers that they they feel like they're you know right they're gonna have in a few be a years. fireman while you're working on that well here's the thing yeah had i known after my last jump shot that the fire department was out there i'd have been a smile on my face like all right whatever this is done i've tried i beat my body up let me go do this you know he was an athlete right yeah mm-hmm. parkland champagne yeah. <laughs> hoops <laughs> not water Cobras. champagne parkland not Cobras. water polo that's right just saying not water parkland polo. junior college you know I'll mail you a photo of me. We gonna compare photos, dude. (laughs) I will mail you. I'll mail you a photo of me in a speedo. It'll be great. You could blow it up, put it in the office. Be horrifying. (laughs) It'd keep people away from his desk. Right. Be able to work. Instead of like out to lunch, if you really want people to leave you alone, instead of the out to lunch sign, you just like paste that up on the wall, and you're good. No one. (laughs) So Jerry, really, they have been working extremely hard. I don't know when we. Formed the committee. When it was, was it was August, August, yeah, August, August twenty twenty one, and yeah. uh, you know, just to a person on that committee, have really put a lot of um, effort into it, and they're going to have a presentation at convention, and then hopefully, either right before, right after that, we'll have the toolkit ready to uh, disperse to our two hundred twenty four locals. Are you hoping though that as well that the fire chiefs associations are are involved or getting involved or fire protection district associations because it, it, it seems to me that this is not a labor versus employment. This is a about about a this is a topic that calls for about as much collaboration as I can possibly think of, right? Absolutely. And I can only go back to 2008, 9, 10 when I was a ledge rep like trying to draft language and I cannot tell you it was over 20 times that I would go to the legislative reference bureau in Springfield. Um, the number of stakeholders that you don't even think about, like I didn't know that the board and fire police commission has a lobbyist. Yeah. No idea. Um, and they then, might you know, not know. <laughs> once the Illinois Municipal League and the Northwest Municipal Conference got involved, then the Will County mayors and managers wanted to be included. And right. The DuPage mayors and managers, then the South Suburban mayors and managers. Um, and then that's those are just, you know, interested stakeholders. Then within the General Assembly, you have the Black Caucus, the Latino Caucus, the, um, the White Suburban Female Caucus, the Downstate Caucus. And trying to get all of them all on the same same page, so um, it it takes a tremendous amount to try to uh, make everybody happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So at the end of the day, it's about cats. money. Um, it all 
that's the answer to everything is, right. is money. Some local governments have it to provide pub ed. Um, some don't. We see it as a uh, an avenue for us as a labor union to assist our local governments. That's yeah. bottom line. So, What else about the HRC that we should be aware of the Human Relations Committee? So you guys are going to do something at convention? Yep. We'll, we'll, have a, we'll have a presentation at convention. We'll share some videos, the toolkit. And then we're, we're constantly working on things where we can improve the recruitment throughout the state. So with that toolkit, you can contact us. We'll add to it, take away from it. But that's a good point. I'm assuming that locals that want to get a little bit more involved and hopefully try to develop these programs, if they listen to this, they're able to contact you at any time with any yeah. questions. And it's locals out there already doing this. Huntley's got a nice program. It's locals mm-hmm. out there that are doing things yes, that we need to know right. more about. If they share it with us, then we can use it at one of our one of our locals. Yes. Yeah, there's a lot of good programs, I oh, think, yeah. going on around the state. Like I mentioned, that Aurora one earlier, the high school programs. I think it's just... And even Chuck just mentioned all the different entities. I think the big thing is we got to get everybody together, coordinate this, and make it effective. Right. And you know, at the end of the day, the AFI is a, a strong organization. We're going to make things happen, and we're doing that with our committee and, and some routes that we think we can push. But at the end of the day, we got to get everybody together to kind of like coordinate oh, yeah. these efforts and put the ideas out there to make this happen. Because you know, another one you had on the. Uh, Paramedic training is working with the the resource hospitals and getting oh, techs yeah. trained. Um, you know, the, the, there is a lack oh, of paramedics. Tell me about that. So Have you approached hospital regional hospitals. Yeah, yeah. So we've approached them, and we're trying to get we're trying to get students to get their EMTB by the time they graduate high school. So at eighteen years old, you take a test and you have your national registry for EMTB. Awesome. That puts you right in a hospital. That saves some of the some of the the budget stuff they got going on, or or some of the cuts they've had. Puts you on the ambulance right now, and then and then we also want the people that we put through the apprenticeship or whatever program to go on and get their paramedic license. Now we have guys that we hire. We have people that we hire that are not are not against riding the ambulance. They already know what to expect. Instead, and right now of that list of one hundred three, we're ten percent, maybe ten percent. I have paramedics. So I have mm-hmm. paramedic licenses. Now we flip that. Now we got ninety percent. Right. They have paramedic licenses and, and only ten percent that don't. So I think I think if we can get that program going, or if we can start to approach these hospitals and say, "Hey, look, you guys need people. We got a plan for you. Help us pay for these people to get this training. You get them at eighteen. Just think, eighteen years old, you graduate now. You got a twenty dollar hour job at a hospital Correct. or riding or riding or the, the ambulance companies are, are giving bonuses now. Mm-hmm. So you got this bonus coming at eighteen years old. And, and I think that's something that, that's never been done. And I, I'm excited to get that type of stuff moving. That would be cool because that's the feeder system that you're oh, talking about. Oh, yeah. That's our farm Yeah, I, yeah <laughs> I think, well, yeah you, just, oh, yeah. you just look at this like baseball, right? We're going to start with Little League. These are the kids in the school. You know, and then they get in high school playing baseball. And then if they move on in the minor leagues, through any of these avenues, we're just trying to create a feeder system for the fire service. And, and really, it's been there in kind of parts. But, again, it's not a – uh, Bo calls it a pipeline. It's it's yeah. starting from when they're little and keeping them in that pipeline. Because yeah. otherwise they get out of that pipeline, you've lost them. You want them to remain in this pipeline. If you have opportunities all the way along that pipeline to stay engaged with the fire service, it's going to make us more successful. And, and it's strategic. we're the 1927 yeah. Yankees. It's, strate- <laughs> <laughs> it's strategic. So, you know, I, we'll tell kids, if someone falls right now, then someone's going to say, hey, look, go get help. Somebody call this. I'll just get paid X amount. Per year to do that, right. you just did something for free that I'm. Right. So you know it's that's true, but that's what they do. Somebody's gonna say, "Oh, he hit his head. Go get this and go get that." And you call this and you call that. Yeah, I, I get paid to do. It. You do it for free, and I get paid to do. It. What, what do you want? You make right. your mind up. Defined you know? benefit pension plan. Yes. Same. Any final last thought? Anything that we're missing? But was there anything that we haven't addressed that we should? You're doing. Uh, you're doing the Lord's work here for us. <laughs> Is there anything we should be addressing? Just. Um, I'm thinking everybody having an open mind because it's it's like we're getting it going. This committee has done a great job of getting everything going. I'm just the guy that they picked to go tell everybody about it. But we need all hands on deck. If if there are other locals that have things that we need to add in or comments or something that we need to think about, this gonna this, we can't we can't do. Realistically, it's no way that that. The, the that committee can do everything. So we need we need more help. We need more help in terms of what's gonna work, what doesn't work, what idea you got, what are you doing? What do you see Courtney's deal with the with the ladies? That's gonna be a good one. We need more things like that. Because yeah. I know locals are doing things and the locals 
when you get on the fire department, you get in this box where I'm just going to talk about Rockford and do Rockford, right? And, and we need everybody. If we want to solve the problem, then everybody should be trying to help us out. As a court, like, I, to your, I have no idea what you're talking about with her. Like, I was not aware. That's what I'm know, saying. Yeah. So once you see it at conventions, you're going to be like, wow. And then she sent, Courtney's even saying, she sent me everything <laughs> for it. So she's saying, Bo, I got everything written up, how you how you do it, step by step by step. So you can you can go everywhere. So even firemen can do it. Well, <laughs> even right, 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 right. That's what the fire service Maybe. does. We don't create our own oh, SOGs no. or tactics or whatever. We rip them off from everywhere else. Correct. And why shouldn't we do it on this side of it? Somebody's already built it, put the thought in it, and it works. Hey, take yeah. it, use it, implement yeah, it. You know. It. Um, one of the things I want to mention too, uh, with the Human Relations Committee too, working on diversity, equity, and inclusion, uh, President Solvins uh, had. Uh, Bo and I join a committee with the state fire marshal's office to work on that across statewide in the fire service. Just Good. just on those issues as well. I think that's probably a long time coming and needs to be recognized as well. So the committee long term will be, uh, you know, addressing those issues as maybe they come up and assist can assist locals with that. We're trying to mirror the IFF's human relations committee as well and their resources and, and have them at a state level. So the the core problem right now is the, the hiring and, and the diversity there is, yes. a, is an avenue we need to tap and they're working on it. Yeah. And study, study the ship first and then work on yeah, it. Yeah. Work on the, work on the other issues. But yeah, so far it's, uh, they're doing a great job and, you know, we're looking forward to some results here and we'll see them soon for our locals. All right. Well, look forward to at the convention, seeing what you guys are going to do. Um, you know, you'll see me up close and personal as the <laughs> parliamentarian. Just look for the guy in the wig and uh, we'll go from there. Any final thoughts before we? No, I, Bo, thanks for coming. Yeah, oh, thank no you problem. so much for coming because this is stuff that I didn't. It's very important. Yeah, I had no idea. Um, the, the, the breadth of what you guys are doing. Oh, so. yeah. It's a lot of work, but I mean, it's fine. Cool. All right. Well, see everybody at convention and uh, we'll go from there. Take care, everybody. And goodbye. See you guys. See, see you later. Everybody.